Hello, you're watching Pop Culture on the program with Carrie Smith. I am joined tonight by my co-host, Mystery Chris, who's back from an exciting work vacation, what, conference, something. Yes. And, uh, something. And then also <laughs> we're joined by special guest, Boris Lopez from Revenge of the Sis. Welcome, Yay. Boris. Oh, hi. Very excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I like the topic, so. I know. <laughs> so I just have to get this out of the way first. I'm so happy to meet you. I got to come on your show briefly yeah. and had fun. And I say this as a fan. It actually was Mr. Chris who turned me on to you guys a few years ago when he was uh, red pelling me. And <laughs> and I, I used to like have so many laughs listening to you guys working out. And uh, and it just anyway, it's nice to get to talk to you now. Well, thank you. See, he likes Shrek. He likes Revenge of the Sis. This guy has great taste. Or, or you like <laughs> oh, and wait till you hear my uh, inappropriate jokes. Okay. No, no. Well, huh. well, well, I can't see. say them on air, but okay. I won't even. Carrie knows. Carrie knows. I, I know. know his inappropriate. So if you guys are watching, this is the Star Trek episode that Chris has been wanting to do for a while. And I had to bring in another Trekkie because I don't know shit. I'm just going to be the dummy tonight. These guys are going to have at it. And then we're going to play a little game. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so much. I have so much to say. <laughs> where do we start? You guys tell me where to start. Oh, I, I wanted to hear Royce's uh, backstory. Royce, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about what got you into Star Trek. Trek. Okay, cool. This is easy. So when um, mom was a kid, right, there, would, there was a time there where, you know, Star Trek episodes would just be on TV all the time be a rerun on the usa network i believe i want to say was the network would just have replays of trek and trek and i just i'm a big sci-fi guy to begin with right more of a trek guy not so much of a wars guy but i like both you know but uh i was watching as a kid and saw episodes of of the next generation and i just like that like that's how that's how i really got into it, it was the next generation i thought picard was cool uh i liked all the mystery stuff the sci-fi stuff and then i've retroactive i don't watch all the shows first run but i did retroactively go back and rewatch all of them even enterprise that's how i got to do it so which one is your favorite uh, don't do this to me <laughs> there's different tiers okay here's what I'll yeah. tell you. best all-around show is next generation all okay around. okay I'm about okay. all around if you, if you take all the cast into effect best captain now that's a different question. Best captain is, and I say this and I stand by it and I will never back down from it, is Janeway. I believe Janeway. Really? A, yes, I never you watched murder two Vix. That's right, because you know what? <laughs> she ruled with an iron fist. <laughs> all right. Janeway supremacy all day. <laughs> wow. She's, she's the best. I like Janeway. Okay. okay. Janeway was good. Janeway drank coffee. She didn't drink none of that mm -hmm. British tea. I like tea. Get out of here. Drink coffee. Be an adult. I was a real big fan <laughs> of of Janeway. Uh, and uh, but like my favorite one, of course, like I said, all around with like classic episodes is, is Next Generation. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but like, I gotta be honest with you. All around, DS Nine is also is a very close second. It was DS Nine is a completely different animal, but because mm -hmm. uh, I think it's like the first time they made a show without after Roddenberry died, right? I, I believe yep. we had no input in it. So right. yeah, uh, and I'll say this, and I say this again without being ashamed. I liked Enterprise. I don't know why people didn't like it. I liked it. I'm a Bacula guy, Quantum Leap dude. So <laughs> it's grown on me.
over yeah. the years, especially watching the new Trek. Like, because I've always been critical, very critical of Voyager and Enterprise. But going back and, and watching and watching some of the episodes that I haven't even seen, uh, I was really impressed. I, I still wouldn't put it at the top, either show, right. but I think they're a lot better than what I gave them credit for. And I guess that's easy to do with current Trek, but we'll save that for later. Well, you have to tell us, how did you get into Star Trek? Yeah, how did you do it? Uh, so my dad's a huge nerd. Uh, he almost named me Jedi. So let's just nice. tell you like, like how nerdy you know my family is. But he bought me a little diecast model of the Enterprise D when I was like five or six. And I remember thinking, this is a weird ass ship. But he brought me a, a copy of Mr. Scott's Guide to the Enterprise, which is like blueprints for the uh, Enterprise from the movies, Captain Kirk version. And I just remember falling in love with design. Like it, it sparked not only my love for Star Trek, but just like science fiction tech. And that's inspired me to become an artist really. Cause I just love the creation evolved. I love the evolution of the technology. Uh, the starships were beautiful. And you know, it's one of the big complaints I have about starships in the current series that we'll talk about later. But mm -hmm. Yeah, ever since then, I've been a huge Star Trek fan. I went to numerous uh, conventions. I dressed up uh, a couple times. I might be dressed up now. What, what did you? What did you? Okay, hold on. No, no, I'm asking <laughs> the question here. I'm turning it. What did you dress up as? I dressed up as a captain. I had to be captain because I had the thing when I was a kid. Like I always had to be like more powerful than everyone else. <laughs> what captain? I can what, see ca that. What captain? Not Janeway, right? A black one. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. So that hold on that narrows, <laughs> that narrows it down. Uh, so it's just just random black captain. I don't even have a name. That's no, how I'm in the credits. You didn't go. You shave the head. And you go <laughs> cool looking Cisco. Not like the nerdy season one Cisco. Oh yeah. Going like the Chad season four Cisco. Yeah. You know? the, yeah. Cisco from Hawk. Yeah. He yeah. wanted to shave his head in the first season, but the producers wouldn't let him. Did you Did you see the D Space Nine documentary? Oh, so good. So yeah, good. yeah, they talked about that. Yeah, yeah they, they did the table read for what the season eight, season, season eight, eight yeah, would have looked like. And now I kind of want them to do it, but instead, we'll get Discovery. I know, so uh, but that documentary is on YouTube for uh, our, our listeners, and yeah, watchers. it's on YouTube, it's on it's Amazon. Yep. It's, it's very good. If you like Deep Space Nine, you'll really like it. Yeah, they're working on a Voyager one, so. Oh, man, I really love Voyager. I know people like, <laughs> people hate it. I know the Neelix. I get it. Neelix is annoying. But let's face it. Every every Star Trek had an annoying guy. Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Generation. And, uh, and, and, and Deep Space Nine had What's-His-Face. Um, What's-His-Face's kid. Uh, the Ferengi kid. Uh, oh, Nog? You don't like Nog? Nog, Nog was annoying. Let me <laughs> Nog was Nog was annoying. All right, he, oh. he, he was a mediocre Starfleet guy, and and uh. and, a, and a C class Ferengi at best. <laughs> oh, Nog! Stuck between I'm gonna, both worlds. I'm gonna interrupt one second just to read the super chat. It's from somebody who knows you, Royce Black Malice. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Says, Look at this, my favorite Lopez moonlighting from his morning show. I say, good for you, sir. Great show. I'm tired of Mar. You know why? Uh, I stay up late anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm uh, probably watching Star Trek. Yeah. See, and one of the things like I've gotten in conversations with a lot of people over the years, like people who don't like Star Trek, they're like Star Trek's boring. I'm like, bitch, I watched Star Trek when I was five. If a five year old can enjoy Star Trek, then you as a grown adult should be able to sit through at least 45 minutes of some. That's what you told me. 
They stopped making smart shows because they stopped making smart shows. And look, you can go back, especially now when you we try to turn people on to Star Trek. Hey, go watch Star Trek. You'll like it. It, it. There's an initial shock to it at first because you know the set is it's it's a it's a cheap set. You know it's it's in four by three. You have to get used to the fact that you're clearly watching. You know it's it's not all the bells and whistles and stuff, but this writing is like real. There's some next generation episodes. The writing is fantastic, right? Yeah. Like really well done. There's a message, and the one thing good thing I liked about Enterprise versus like. I'm sure we're going to get into it, but versus like a lot of shows now was like it let it gave you options and it let you decide on what you you thought was morally right. Right. Like right. Of Star Trek, where you're like, well, the captain was right for breaking, you know, the uh, uh, for, for breaking one of Starfleet's rules. Right. But then you're like, but then again, that rule was in place because people do bad. So now it's just like these guys are bad. These are <laughs> bad guys. Do you see they're bad? These are just Trump America aliens shooting at you. And really, that's what it is. And I'm like, all right, man, forget it. Like, you know, you know, how and the other thing is, think about this, man. Star Trek, there wasn't a lot of action. Whenever there was an action, maybe once every five episodes, there was action, right? Like a Borg episode where you're like, oh, we're going to blow stuff up. But there were some of my favorite episodes. No one shot a single phaser, you know, and it was just like just smart and really well done sci-fi. And, and a lot of people always bring up um, that like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you people complain about Star Trek. Now, Star Trek's always been progressive. Uh, and it has. And it has. And that's fine. But progressive in the way Bill Maher is a 1980s liberal versus yes. a new pink haired liberal where, where there's there's this. We all got a lot. We all try to get along. It didn't matter who your neighbor voted for. You know, we could all joke around and no one took things seriously. And now it's it's. It's it's just like it's this really, really different kind of progressivism. You know, there were complete episodes on Star Trek where it was about people should be allowed to say what they want. There's a lot of stuff in Star Trek, the old gener next generation you play now. People go like, what a right wing show this is. Look how <laughs> right wing they are. And, and that's, you know, that's. And that's well, so for someone someone who did not watch Star Trek, would you say it's kind of like late night comedy shows where they've always been liberal, but now they're leftists and that's something different? Right. Yeah, it is. It, they've always they've always they've always been liberal. But I also remember hours and hours of of Letterman back in the day, younger Letterman making fun of B Bill Clinton, you know, and because it didn't matter what the political view was. It was like, wow, this is something stupid that a stupid person did. <laughs> and yeah, now it's just like you have to you have to <laughs> Saudi Arabia has to make fun of our president because SNL is too afraid to. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah, the the original Star Trek was it was more liberal. It, it tended to look at a lot of issues through more of a philosophical lens. And there are a lot of episodes in which Captain Kirk would go down to a planet and it would be being ruled by some alien or a, a robot and the robot or whatever thought it was creating utopian society, but it was in fact in in order to create this quote unquote utopian society, violating these people's rights. Captain Kirk was a firm believer that all beings in the universe had natural rights, you know, universal values. That was something that was very reflective of, I think, a lot of liberalism at the time, and especially a lot of the uh, writers who, you know, served during World War II. Gene Roddenberry served in World War II. Uh, James Duan played Scotty, was in World War II. A lot of them had that mindset coming in from, you know, that dark period of World War II going against, you know, uh, the Nazis and Japanese. And so a lot of people tend to forget that 
its roots, despite, you know, some people want to say different things about the original series, that there was a, a more pro-enlightenment, you know, very pro-humanist element to the original series. And as things progressed, I think things became slightly a little bit more relativistic, you know, a little bit in Next Generation, uh, D Space Nine, a little bit. And even though I love those shows, but it, it got a little bit more relativistic and to the point where now where it's just flat out cynical and it's just, it's nihilistic. You know, there's characters that are doing evil things. Nothing happens to them, like the, the murder doctor. And oh, God, we could talk why. about murder doctor. <laughs> hey, trust me. Oh, so you just murdered somebody and it's yep. fine. Uh, whatever. Sorry, it's, that makes me so angry. Uh, yeah, it makes me angry too. It's just uh, so many characters are not, they, they don't live up to the ideals that we know Star Trek to be, you know, things that were created, not just by Roddenberry, but by his fellow writers who were very good writers. People forget just how many like classic, you know, authors wrote for the original series. Harlan Ellison wrote City on the Edge Forever, which is considered by a lot of people to be the greatest Star Trek episode ever. But now you just have a lot of, you know, as Nerdrotic says, CW level writers writing for the show who the only way they know how to make drama is by giving everyone a traumatic backstory. And it's like right. every, everyone needs therapy in this this universe now. No, it's true. Everybody like it's it's never the other, like again, my, my my biggest problem is is that at least old Trek, like, you know, you struggled as a viewer figuring out well who was right in this situation. Like, you know, we were joking about it before the show, but you know, the the the, the episode with Janeway had to decide, well, do I bring Tubok and Neelix back or do I, you know, do I kill this new creature that you know it's like that's one of those where, like, well, I mean, obviously, it's not fair to leave them separated, but it's not fair to kill one of them. And 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 you kind of decided where the new one is just like, oh, all the ice agents are <laughs> are cowboys that shock Mexicans. And I wish that was a joke. Like, I, I, I know, Carrie, you don't watch it, but I wish what I just said was a joke. But that was the wow. point in Picard where they had to go back in time because of, I don't know, climate change or something stupid. And it back sounds there like the... no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, it well, sounds like this... like what they're doing That's... in comics. Where <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, I'm like I'm two stopping. cars at the intersection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it just sounds like what they're doing in comics, where instead of they used to kind of give you these moral, they're teaching you principles, and you, like you said, you're figuring things out. And now I feel like comic books have gotten a lot, a lot more preachy, and instead mm -hmm. of letting you decide you know, which, which is the more principled stance and weighing these things. It's just preaching at you, like you said, about climate change. But yes. I, I cut you off. Tell me it's ice agents. Yes. So ice agents. So, so then one of the, one of the captains is, is, is this Hispanic guy. And uh, which is weird because it's a future and there's really no borders in this, whatever, forget that. So anyway, this Mexican guy, and then he comes back and then says he doesn't have papers. He's from the future. Ice raids a medical facility that's helping illegals. And then they hit, they, they they arrest him, and then they shock him, and all the ice changers are rooting, tooting cowboys. Oh, you know, <laughs> we don't like your Mexican cat around here. <laughs> what? First off, most ice agents are Mexican. Like, let's start with that, okay? <laughs> so before this, these, these stories, these lies, it's like, but most ice agents are Hispanic normally because they usually try to hire people that can speak both languages fluently. That's just how it is, right? And then they shock this guy, and I'm like. So wait a second. There's no nuance anymore. It's just no. everything you're doing is morally right, and everybody else is morally wrong, and also climate change, and then trans issues. For <laughs> they, they, they completely abandon allegory 
on this this past season because the first season there was a huge allegory about refugees and illegal immigration <sighs> and it's obvious but they were still trying to do the allegory thing this season they just completely abandoned that and they're yeah. just literally having illegal immigrants and you know this character from the future who's being you know jailed because he doesn't have an id and like royce is saying you know all these you know uh racist white guys that you know are mustache twirling villains like oh we're gonna get you and they've they put in so many other things like all these topical things like climate change like you're saying there's a moment where young guinan uh insinuates that picard has white privilege Yes, like yes. this, this is Picard propaganda is from, now. Picard is from the future. The whole point of Star Trek, <laughs> you stupid Kurtzman, you stupid Kurtzman. It's the one, the writer of the new, of the new series. Stupid Kurtzman. The, the <laughs> point of Star Trek, you boob, is that it's very simple. Is that in the future, race, species doesn't matter. So why would Picard, somebody who's come from that environment, ever go back in time been there for like two days and then apologize to young Whoopi goldberg or the actress who played young <laughs> goldberg that's who was to play guy in so they so they, but apparently the have him go sorry i'm a white guy and and it's like what are you first off the world you gotta understand something carrie here in this story this could destroy the world like this is like world ending stuff here but before we get to the bigger problem, which is the world could end, that's why they had to go back in time. Picard has to go, sorry about my white privilege. <laughs> this sounds like the Batman. I think it was a line <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's right on that level. It's 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 awful. These it's just it's so frustrating. And I, I keep trying like I'm not trying to be a person that's just approaching all these series just already with my mind made up that I'm gonna hate it. I keep trying to give them a chance to say well maybe this time would be different and i know back ahead i know it's not going to but i keep doing it and it's not and because but the th and the thing is like i felt almost like a tricked with this this past season because it does appear that they do hear a number of criticisms of the new star trek stuff like i remember in discovery season two uh they put in a lot more humor or i should put that in quotes humor like one of the humorous uh, pieces was a alien that sneezes on people in the elevator, and that's supposed to be like hilarious. Oh like, yeah, no, that was funny because basically what they did was they go, "We need more humor," so they watch what Orville was. Yes, doing, yes, which exactly. Is doing, which is doing Orville right now is doing Star Trek better than anything the Paramount's doing, and they had a guy. The whole bit was, and it was funny, was this alien, every time he got into the elevator, he'd try to make awkward small talk with you, which is such a human, <laughs> weird thing to have in a space show. But it was very funny. And then Discovery was like, what's Seth MacFarlane doing? And they just copied it, but they made it worse. They made it way, way worse. They, yep. they didn't know how to do it right. I'm going to jump in for one second with this super chat. Thank you, sir. Um, Channel Julio, hello, good to see you. It says slight tangent: the cloak of Doctor Who's TARDIS should be changed to a porta potty, <laughs> would fit the, <laughs> would fit the shit the shit writing, and they could rebuild viewership once one concert at a time. Emmett's so much larger on the inside. Thank you. Yeah, I watch Doctor Who. Well, not anymore. Not since not Emmett, anymore. But not since the incident. Mm. <laughs> 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 right. Royce, I wanted to ask you. I was thinking about when this kind of obsession with diversity and Star Trek started. And I want to say the nineties, people in the chat, if you, if you think different, let me know. But 
I remember in the 90s watching retrospectives on Star Trek, and there was portions of these retrospective pieces where they talked about the first interracial kiss appearing on Star Trek. They talked mm-hmm. about Michelle Nichols, Plato Hura, talking about how she was going to quit the show, but Martin Luther King told her that he liked the show, and she decided to stay. They talked about all these things, which are fine. That's great. But it seemed like that was kind of the beginning where people – a lot of people who don't watch Star Trek or only have a cursory knowledge of it tend to solely think about it as being diversity and when it's so much more than that it was just a very simple statement that you know humanity would get past that and then they would tell stories about you know kind of humanist stories about human nature and 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 society but not reflecting it so much on starfleet and the good guys but it just seems to me like that seed started in the 90s because ever since then i've seen more and more retrospective uh, documentaries um articles that all talk about diversity to the point where now if you just type in star trek or whatever you're guaranteed like all the articles majority of the articles you're going to get are going to extol all the the diverse cast and saying hey we got a a gay couple in here great for star trek and acting as if it's completely unique as if we haven't had like 50 years of diversity not just star trek but tons of other shows well no it's true and and even here's the thing it's like jadzia dax had like the first lesbian kiss that's right right on 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 deep space nine and the reason that it was cool was because it wasn't Here's the problem, right? I'm not one of those guys. That's, I've never been like I'm a person. I'm not one of those guys like don't have gays at TV shows. I think that's stupid. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, there should be. But I think the problem is, is a lot of the times that's their whole personality. It's like okay, but what are you besides the gay guy on Discovery? Because that's all. <laughs> no, I'm not being an ass about that, but I'm being serious. Yeah. It's like you have no personality other than your your husband's the doctor, and I'm like, all right, but. But it, it was it was part of the story because the bigger story was like, you know, she's you know, her 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 mind's been in all these different bodies and she still remembers that she loved this person. But what do you do? How do you struggle? There was an episode. Now, there was an episode of The Next Generation that would never air today. Uh, it's 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 when um it, it was it was when they the first time that what what are I can't believe it slipped my mind. What is Jetsia Dax? What's the name of her? Curzon or Trill. Yeah, the trill. Fine. So it's one of the trill before they give him the spots on the neck by the, tr- the, th- the holes on their heads. The when the trill was there and he fell in love, he fell in love with the doctor and she loved him. But then they t- had to transfer his consciousness into a woman. And then she was struggling with, oh, you're a woman, but I still love you. But at the end of it, she goes, I just I can't. I can't be with you because I'm not attracted to you. And if you did that now today, they would go, oh, wow, anti-lesbian love is love, man. And yeah. you watch that episode and you go, that was, was that was progressive back then. was like, look, I still care about you, but this isn't going to work for me. You know, I'm sorry, but it's just not. And and now it's like there's literally on discovery because I'm, I'm, I'm a masochist. Yeah. Watch yeah. it just to be mad. I do. I know I do it to be mad. I get it. But. <laughs> They have had literal episodes that are about trans stuff and preferred pronouns. And like that was the overreaching arc where it was like a non-binary person had the mind of her non-binary. Didn't make any sense. I don't care. I can't keep up with the pronouns. But anyway, (laughs) 
that whole thing, it didn't make any sense. And then the whole entire episode is about that. And yeah. it's like, okay. And then, and then, then you want strong, powerful women, but Captain Burnham's crying every episode. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Whenever Picard cried, it was a big deal because he's the strong captain, right? When, when you, it would, it would be maybe once every two years Picard would break down and it was it was huge because his character was I am the strong captain I have to be strong in front of my crew I, I even if I'm even if, if, if I'm worried or whatever I can't show it and whatever Burnham is, is she and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here Chris she is perpetually crying <laughs> not just her everybody's crying yeah. and they're constantly going <laughs> Series carry no, this sounds like a horrible show. Yes, so bad. There, there's a moment in the last season. You'll remember this, Roy, since you exposed yourself to that horrible, horrible stuff. But there's a moment where one of the characters who I uh, guess he saw his brother and his nephew die, and so he's traumatized by this. And they're in the middle of uh, some um battle, like sometime after that, and he freezes up during this this battle. And she, uh, Captain Burnham, Michael Burnham is sitting in the captain's chair as she presses his button and this cone of silence goes over her. It's a safe space in which no one can hear what she's saying in this cone. And she goes, hey, hey, book, hey. Hey, guy, are you all right? Hey, we're going to get through this. She's talking <laughs> to him like he's a child. And it, yes, this is what the entire like show is just devolved into, where everyone's constantly, again, with the trauma, needing to go to her to to help her, or have her help them get through this. It's just just that over and over and over again. And all these characters are constantly telling her how great she is. We as the viewers, we're not seeing how great she is. We're being told how great she is. She's perfect. She's awesome. It's awful. Well, she, she, the, she, here's the thing like, she has nothing to overcome. She has, what is she overcoming? Nothing, right? right? Like, the whole hero's journey, right? Is like, you know, you, you have to overcome something, and she's not because they're so afraid of insulting women or they're so afraid of insulting a group. The gay guys to have no problems because you can't show them as being weak. The 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 women are allowed to show emotion, but you would still make an emotional wreck a captain which in no military would you do that by the way. You wouldn't go, "Oh, this person's always crying. You lead the battleship." <laughs> and 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 that's it's so it's 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 this afraid afraid to do anything. There was a scene as a matter of fact, I just remember because somebody even animated a little cartoon when we talked. About oh yeah, <laughs> you saw that. That was yeah, a pretty. Yeah. Good. I should have sent that video. That was a good. Yeah, one. There, there was there was a, there was a scene when they were and I and I and I mean I shit you not. They had a disco party in Star Trek, and I'm talking about listening to like staying alive. Like it was really weird, <laughs> and it was basically like you're a military organization. <laughs> And they were having, and I mean, I swear to you, a rave. They were having a rave in space. They were dancing. They were drinking space beer. They were getting drunk. They were all making out with each other. I'm like, this is this is a military ship. You can't be doing this or whatever they call it. It's a military. They try to pretend the Federation is not a military. Right, right. It is. And, and, and that's what it turned into. It turned into this weird pandering about, you know, you're the bad guy you're the evil one you the viewer because that's the thing with star trek is with the original star trek the next generation and discovery and voyager 
I never felt like the bad guy. I always felt like somebody observing it and making up my mind. Star Trek, the new Star Trek has isolated 50% of their viewer base. You are now saying 50% of you are evil. You suck. Look at this future. You know, look how great this future is without you. And, 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 and it sucks because there's no conflict. Even the old Star Trek, if people always bring this up, they always go, well, look, this is what Republicans want the future to look like. And it's like a rundown check or what idiocracy. And this is, this is what, what Democrats want it to look like. And it's a starship and, and it's it's like the, the Star Trek picture and all that stuff. And I always laugh at that because I'm like, first off, you don't want Star Trek because if the future is so perfect, right? Why is Picard always got to be breaking all these perfect Federation rules, right? He always got he's always breaking them. And they have the prime directive, which is like, oh, yeah, you can't help anybody if they're pre-warp because they're dirty cave people. And that's really what it was. It's like these stupid idiots without we can, we could cure all their cancer, but we're not because we made up some other rule. So it, well, it was yeah. this weird thing. That that's uh, I I think a lot of that was put in because of this kind of anti-colonialist, you know, movement that started, you know, right after the new left kind of took power and in society and so you have that of again this kind of cultural relativism where you know they're not allowed to uh interfere with you know certain civilizations you know because you know who are we to judge them like, i mean i guess we're the people with medicine that came to try it's space medicine <laughs> there was do you but, remember uh, that episode there was an episode that dealt with that where yeah. there was like two species uh one of them was like addicted to some kind of drug and the other side was like was giving them the drugs yeah yeah and dr yeah. crusher wanted to make a synthetic one for free that would be able to like i guess get them off it and Picard was against it is that before or after Dr. Crusher banged the ghost? Because that, that was another episode <laughs> that happened. That's one of the worst episodes of any. Oh, no. Well, no, that's not true because now there's new Star Trek. That's one of the yeah. worst episodes of old Star Trek. That I mean, it was even now I'll still take that over over your your everyday episode of Discovery. Yes. And that's the other thing. And Chris, I'm sure you agree with this. It's like every episode now feels like like a jj abrams movie where mm -hmm. we have to have a bunch of laser fights because see what yeah. happens is this right they don't the writing is terrible and i think it's because when, when you're when you're so worried about you know so, so worried about pandering uh, and and so worried about making everybody happy and so worried about the social justice message and you're so worried about that you don't have time to write a compelling story because there's no room there's no room because once you if you can't pander to the trans, if you're not going to pander to the black woman and you can't have to play the black woman, you have to also pander to the to the gay guy. And then then by the time you're done, it's like, wait, what was the story here? Because I honestly feel like I'm watching I'm I'm watching Will and Grace. <laughs> it can, I was just going to say, as, again, as an outsider, listen, to you guys talk. It sounds like they have the wrong writers. They have writers who if you want to write a show about gay raves and crying women and and social justice is write a different show, but don't work on Star Trek. Don't wokeify Star Trek. But I mean, they're doing it with everything. Yeah. And and when I was um when I was working in comedy, the writers' room it kills creativity. I was woke then, but but mm. looking back on it, I can say those writers they would sit and pitch. This is for a late night show, Royce. They would sit and pitch jokes, and then they would spend hours taking things apart of like, well, that's a fat joke though, so you know, and, and take things out, you know, and, and based on social justice rules and you're right, it destroys creativity. Cause now you're putting the message, the ideology first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that sounds like a nightmare. 
<laughs> it's like you write all these jokes and it's like well that's gonna be yeah jokes gonna make fun of everybody like i mean what do you want <laughs> uh yeah. hey cool uh if you're listening uh i want to show uh because your, your point royce about it looking like a jj abrams movie i, I kind of want to show uh a photo of the inside of the new enterprise oh. and then i want to compare it to something that a fan did oh that's cool okay somebody so it yeah yeah um Which, by the way what's behind you voice what? oh this is this is the this is the bridge of the uh original well not the original d. enterprise this is enterprise d okay uh cool if you could go to the photos um the photo labeled enterprise bridge uh, i'd like to show and then uh i want to show a short video uh, that's called Star Trek Bridge Replacement, and it's very short, but just make sure when you play it, just mute the audio. But yeah, yeah, th these writers, they don't seem to understand or care that Star Trek featured the best of the best, that, you know, people had to work to get into Starfleet, and that's part of the appeal of Star Trek. It's Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that these people were professionals, like you as a viewer wanted to be like them. You know, that's part of the aspirational quality because Star Trek was much like superhero stuff in which people looked up and wanted to be like them. But now it's like everyone has to be reflective of what we are now. So many people are dealing with depression and dealing with all sorts of other anxiety and, men and mental illness and all these other things. And that's just, it's very depressing. It's exact opposite of what Star Trek was talking about. It's about celebrating the best aspects of humanity. But no, they don't care. But uh, here, uh, so this is a uh, picture of the new Enterprise. Uh, so they're redoing, um, or, well, they will be redoing the original series. But this uh, show they're coming out, Strange New Worlds, takes place a few years before the events in the original series. And it stars Captain uh, Pike, who is the captain before Kirk. And it has a couple of spot, a couple of people from the original series, like Spock and, and Uhura. But th they say they're supposed to get Star Trek on track with this uh, I don't know about that, but here's a, a picture of the newly designed bridge. Now, I will say there are aspects of the design I do like, but ultimately I think it's over-designed with the lights and the shiny uh, surfaces. And so I wanted to play that video. Cole, if you could play that uh, video, that uh, Star Trek bridge placement, and just mute the audio, please. But this is a, a short video that a fan did where they updated the look of the Enterprise but still kept it pretty close to what it was because right. you honestly don't need to do much to that original design. You can keep the forms the same, but if you just update the textures and the lighting, you can come up with something that doesn't look like it's made out of cardboard like in the original series, but sorry. something that fans would still love. And so this is just some guy who just put that together. And, of course, that's what the original... Uh, bridge look like so there we go thank you cole but yeah you don't need to do much and that's one of the frustrating things and uh, sorry why, why, why have you uh cole uh, if you could first show that picture that says uh star trek discovery jpeg yeah so this is a showing picture of what the discovery looks like or they did a slight redesign uh there we go so there's it. And now if you could exit out of that, and I'm going to have you bring up another photo. If you could check, uh, click the one that says Star Trek Discovery Redesign. This is what a fan did 
to make it look much more uh, canonical, which is one of my biggest issues. There we go. Oh, so yeah, it's way better. Yeah, just imagine if they had gone with this. And this is one of the frustrating things about the people who produce Star Trek that they don't seem to care about what came before it because we we're nerds. We love the continuity. We love the story. We love the myth. Uh, the mythos in, in Star Trek, but they seem to ignore this, not just story-wise and characterization-wise, but design-wise. And like I was saying earlier, one of the things I loved about Star Trek, one of the things that made me an artist was the seeing the, the future technology and seeing, you know, uh, um, all these things that people came up with that even though were fiction, were still inspiring. Like you heard back in the day, you heard so many stories about uh, astronauts and scientists and engineers who said they grew up watching Star Trek, inspired them to go into professions. You know, that's like the power of of Star Trek in a, in a storytelling period. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's Star Trek, why do you care so much? It's like, I care about it because of this, because Star Trek, and this I think this is perfectly summed up when the last episode of Next Generation, where uh, after Picard, um, does the trial with finished up trial with Q. Uh, Q says to him that you know it's not about you know exploring a star system or, or charting um, nebulas. It's about uh, exploring the unknown possibilities of human existence. Like that line, it's just it floors me because that to me that's what Star Trek is and storytelling in general is. You know, it's about showing what's the possibility what's what can we as you know humans achieve and ultimately i think that's roughly what roddenberry and the fellow you know writers of the original series were trying to do but that's just completely just ignored and just it's being torn down so are you saying that you don't like the new q that's now in the picard that's a jerk for no reason yeah who just shows up no and reason. he's just a jerk does like little tricks and things and it's like now it's like is this the cue that that Trump people are? No. <laughs> oh, they might do that. Don't give them an idea, Carrie. I'm kidding. Uh, it, uh, is, it is. It's the same cue. It's the same one. Uh, Just same qu one. really quickly, I'm going to put this one out. Doc Savage, thank you, sir. Says life experience and actual struggle makes for good writing. These writers have had neither writing about stuff they don't understand. It's why it's whack. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. But here's the thing: you watch Star Trek now, and you're like, did these people even watch the show? Like, no. I'm not asking for much here, but at least kind of watch this. It's like making a, a movie out of a book you've never read. It's like, read the book first, right? It's 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 just ruining continuity. There's no there's there's no need for the inside of the bridge to look like I'm waiting, I'm in line waiting on Space Mountain. Like, just you know, make it make it so. You could connect it, and, and I think that's the problem. Is they don't care about continuity anymore. They have this. They have. They have this IP. They have to use it, and they're going to use it. That's why there's Star Trek babies, whatever yeah, it's called, yeah. whatever's the kids show Prodigy. now, and, yeah. and then there's Lower Decks, which Lower is them Decks. trying to be Rick and Morty but worse. And it, it's it's there's nothing good. And I know everyone goes, "What do you watch it? What do you watch it?" I don't know. <laughs> I have hope it's... because I really, really like like the character Picard, and mm. I would love to see what he's like now. And like I was saying before the show, Picard now and 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 the new show just. I feel bad for him. He's like Biden. They're just using an old man to make money. And that's what they're doing. Like he's out there. Like I tweeted a screenshot of just of the show. I was watching the show and I just tweeted a screenshot of screenshots of the show as I was watching it. And I was like, I was like, what, what, what is this? It's just Picard staring, right? He's just staring befuddled. 
And I'm like, this is the cool captain. This is the cutest. This is the guy that took the Borg out. He's just a sad old man now. Why are we even doing this? That's how my friends who uh, who are big into Lord of the Rings, this is what they've been telling me about Lord of the Rings. They just they have this IP. They have the husk of this very beloved uh, franchise, and they're just ruining it. They don't care about canon. They don't care about the things that, you know, you're talking about Kristen nerds care about continuity, anything that made it great. They're just, they're just writing in the husk of this thing. Yeah. They're just putting in stuff that they like stuff that they've seen, which is why they've done the tired old storyline about an AI that wants to destroy humanity. Like that's, but that's so antithetical to what Star Trek is because Star Trek has constantly featured androids and robots that lack some aspect of humanity and in some cases want to gain humanity in the case of data but ultimately their lacking of humanity is what does in the bad robots and you know bad androids throughout star trek's history but now it's just typical terminator you know storyline where some ai from the future wants to kill all of humanity they're just taking like just the, the most basic, you know, most well-known aspects of pop culture, sci-fi, The Matrix, you know, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Just all these things, they're just putting in a blender and putting it in the story. And it's not innovating. Star Trek used to innovate. So many shows and movies used to copy Star Trek. But they're not doing it anymore. I mean, Star Trek... Well, now Trek... it sounds like they're copying Sneezing Aliens. Yes, yeah. yes. That's They're just copying other things, just throwing things at the wall, hoping it sticks. And, you know, like Royce was saying, they're putting out all these shows, which to me just seems like Paramount, again, understands that there's still some value in the brand of Star Trek, but they don't understand the brand itself, which is odd. It's like, how, how do you get to be in the higher up, and, you know, higher rankings of a corporation and not understand the appeal of one of your biggest, most longest running, most profitable products? I mean, that's, I know, that's Hunter Biden in the energy industry. <laughs> Black Malice, thank you, sir. Says Star Trek was one of the few things that me and my brother bonded over. That's why people are probably still watching it. Like you guys, you have the nostalgia. You love yeah, it. It is. You're right. That's what you, it is. It's, you keep it's tuning true. in, hoping it'll prove you wrong. <laughs> and it one never day. does. And it just gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. Yeah, and, and and you know, and Mike, you know, uh, uh, Mike, Chris, like you was called you like like your merch. Chris, <laughs> check this out though. Here's the thing that here's here's the thing that that really that just really really gets to me. It's because I think you're right. I think they did they did listen to some fans between season one and two about aesthetics and stuff. Yes, yes. They didn't listen to fans about anything else though. Nope. Like you know, one of the complaints about the first one is like. Why are all the starships looking the same? You know, and then they then this season, oh, look at all these different starships. That by the way, we're not gonna see because we're stuck in 2024 the whole season, <laughs> apparently. Hope you like hope you like Ford F-150s. Yeah. Um, and your sci-fi. Also, excuse me, but that whole stupid guy in is in LA in a bar called 10 <laughs> forward, and yeah. then it just so happens. Listen, it was called 10 forward because it was on the 10th deck on the forward of the ship. Mm -hmm. That's why it was called 10 forward, not because it was a bar that Whoopi Goldberg served at. Yeah. I, I don't know, whatever. Sorry, I know it's whatever, <laughs> but, but that's, it's that kind of level, it's that level of not giving a shit. Like, they don't give a shit, and, and that's what they don't. And, and like I, I always ask questions like I don't understand, which I do understand because I know what's what's driving it. But I kind of ask that rhetorically. But the thing is, like, if you're someone 
who say is not familiar with a particular property that you've been hired to, you know, develop or whatever, which I don't know why they would take that job. But if you're not, if you're getting feedback from friends saying, hey, this is not on par with what has come before, you would think that not only would they spend the time to to come to speed and really understand that, but they would also consult, have consultants come in and work with them and, and help them, guide them. You know, like if someone hired me to work on Harry Potter, which I've never seen a Harry Potter movie ever, but if someone hired me to work on one, I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing. But if they I was greedy care. enough to stay, I, I know, I know. But I, I was still. It's arrogance. Okay, we had to put this up. Royce just arrogance. sent this to us in the press. This is the show. <laughs> it's like I wrote Picard, catch the fever. Look at this is an episode. And these are, these are shot in different parts of the episode. And he's just like, where am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> what is that? What are you doing? It's so bad. It does look like Biden. You yeah. <laughs> uh, don't do this to me. Picard should be in a space retirement home. No. Leave oh, him no. alone. Just leave him alone. You know what? You want to make a show? Avery Books is around. Make 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 a Cisco show. I'll watch that. He's still got all his faculties. I think. What's he I mean, doing on a beach? Is that a beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary, you don't understand. You don't, you just don't get sci-fi like we do. For some reason, in the new sci-fi, <laughs> you have to go back to 2024 and hang out in Malibu. I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I I think it was a budget thing because <laughs> uh, I don't think the first season's really doing. I don't think it did as well as they maybe would like us to believe. And so I I do think that the budget was you know chopped a bit, and they tried to relocate it in modern day to save on production cost. Oh, you I don't think, think you don't think the bots that said they really love the show really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it's so dumb. And the frustrating thing too about you know Patrick Stewart is he's complicit in really helping to destroy his character, which I I don't I don't understand because it doesn't seem like he's ever cared about that character because it's not just his comments recently. It's like even back during the production of Next Generation, there was I read one one interview or, or some story where he went over to Rick Berman during production and said he wanted Picard to have sex and fight more. And I'm like, that's what? James Bond. That's not Picard. Like you you clearly want to to have sex and fight more. That's not Picard. And and you know, the idea you know, guess whose idea it was for Doom Buggies and Star Trek Nemesis, which oh, was dude. Dude. Was it was Patrick Stewart's idea again, putting in things that aren't Star Trek. He doesn't seem to really care, and I I don't understand how it can be that way because, and I would assume that in order to have given the great performances he gave as Picard, you would think he would have to do some kind of, uh, he would have to vent backstories about Picard and his history that informs uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, uh, performance and that helps him give these kind of uh, nuances and uh, idiosyncrasies to his character. You would think that he would really understand his character and want to get those performances, but he doesn't seem to care. Like he's a good enough actor to kind of like not know or care about those things and still get a great performance, but ultimately he just wants to do what he wants to do and not what fans want. Well, here's why, and here's here's my reasons. Here's what's hey, what's what happened with Picard. Picard was just an actor in Next Generation. Picard was just mm -hmm. an actor, and to get him back, they had to give into his demands, right? And yeah. one of them was he wanted to be part of the creative process of the show, right? And um, 
a lot of that became, you know, what causes can I fight for? Like, what, what, what's the next? How do, how do we turn a mirror into the current world? And, and that's what happened with it. It's like, this is what a lot of actors think they're smarter than they are. <laughs> a lot of times they don't realize they're just playing pretend. And mm -hmm. really, so writing is a bigger portion of it. If you write a good script, you know, it can even outdo some flaws that bad actors have. But the problem is, is that Picard wanted to Picard. I say Picard, <laughs> I say Picard because that's what I call him. So let me let me call him by his, I don't want to call him by a slave name. Professor <laughs> X over here was uh, really really wanted to be part of the creative thing because he wanted look, look look how I've evolved. But in reality, the the thing about Picard that was always cool, right, was at the end of a really good episode. A really good episode of next generation you always give like this really cool speech where you're like you know this is why i came to the decision and this is why it's, it was a hard decision and blah 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 and it was it was actually really motivating and now he's just like where am i what am i doing here oh god and also also he has a new love interest and in the show he's supposed to be 101 and he has a love interest that's how old is she maybe 50 and i'm like all right man like look good for you i mean i guess in the future you live older but i don't I don't think Picard needs a love interest. Yeah, especially he since he's a robot now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I forget sometimes. I go, wait a minute. That's not, he's you not. Dead. You have to remind me. Suffer uh, alone. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> he's a now, for you whatever guys, reason. We got a fifty dollars super chat. Whoa. I don't think that's ever happened on a. This is a new channel. Thank you, sir. I think you broke Thank a record. You, David. David Harvey says Abrams, whose company produced Bad Robots, Guide to Dismantling White Supremacy at Work. Are you kidding? Is that a joke? Yeah. No, no it's not. No. And Kurtzman has already admitted that Star Trek also serves to push the message. R.I.P. Star Trek, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings. Thanks, Amazon. Yeah. He said that uh, Star Trek was now about a platform for the social messaging, and that's why we're seeing it just get worse and worse. And, Remember you know, when shows were about entertaining people? Yeah. Remember that those, those kooky days, those kooky days where you live when when people put together shows. The, the only new, the very few new shows that I even like. Reacher was good. If you, if you want to show that there's no there's no SJW stuff and it's just really fun action show, I recommend Reacher on on Prime. But that's not sci-fi. There's mm -hmm. no The Expanse, maybe. But but even still, like. We've gotten to the point where we've become so desensitized when now they only give you a little when they only give you a little bit of the message. You're like, okay, but it was only a little yeah. bit. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. If not, I wouldn't yeah. watch anything. Yeah. If not, I wouldn't because I have you ha you have to go like, all right. You a lot of the times there'll be a show where it's actually really good, and then they'll do something, you're like, whatever, fine. Come on, come on. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Yeah, we know whatever. Black Lives Matter. I don't care. Can you please get to the show part again? Because it's good. <laughs> And and maybe Righteous Gemstones is another one that doesn't have any of that crap in it. But I mean, I can't really think of a lot of new shows that are like that, and specifically Star Trek because they took Roddenberry's idea and, and they turned it into this weird Frankenstein monster of every cause and even causes that contradict with other causes. And if I have to see stupid Wesley's face again doing that post show, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. I hate this guy's yeah. face. I, I, he, you know, he has to be in season three. If they're bringing back all the other cast members from Next Generation, why, why isn't he a being of pure energy now hanging out with <laughs> the traveler? <guy? laughs> 
Yeah, I hope yeah. we could come back. What? No, you know what? That was the best ending for him. He tried to help some space Native Americans. He turned into some sort of weird energy being with the bald guy who was Lurch and Adam's family. And we move on with our lives. <laughs> I don't need to bring everybody else back. You, here's you go. How are you going to explain why why Worf looks the way he does when the new Klingons look look completely different? I, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> so listening to you guys talk about this and the way they've inserted wokeness. It makes me think of now. This is reference. You guys are going to be in the outside because you probably you probably never watched Days of Our Lives, did you? Soap no. opera. Okay. Um, so, maybe. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, a kid. hey, I was young. Uh, I was on so, drugs. No. Okay, no. so there came a time towards the end of like you know soap operas were huge in the eighties and nineties, and then they started waning, and people weren't watching them anymore. And so they started doing all these cheap things where they would put in these commercial messages in the writing. Instead of doing, and, and so there would be these weird scenes where like Bo and Hope would be having a, a picnic and talking about something relevant to the plot. And then she'd pull out a box of Cheerios and be like, would you like some Cheerios, Bo? And he's like, oh, I love Cheerios. They're so, and they would insert the message yes. into the writing. And that's what this <laughs> is, but it's woke. It's like, yeah. you've got it, the entertainment, entertainment. And then it's like, did you guys know Black Lives Matter? And it's like, that's that's what's... like, they're just inserting it like those cheesy commercials and soap operas it's it's so jarring that they're just being so abrasive in front it's like if you didn't get the message from the first season we're just going to make it even more obvious by literally saying it <laughs> there's like no subtlety whatsoever and it, it's frustrating because star trek used to comment on a lot of larger themes uh related to society and humanity but this seems to be just topical it's just all the buzzwords or the buzz yes. things that people care about they're just ins inserting in it and that, that's one of the frustrating things uh, about the uh i don't know royce if you've watched the foundation series i on Apple. really like half of it <laughs> that's yeah. the only way to describe yeah. it because there's some really good writing in it there's some good stuff, but then, like you said, there's these weird speed bumps mm -hmm. of also we're going to change the race and ethnicity of every character now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the writing is good, but why did you need a sex swap? Them? Was there a reason for it? Yeah. Well, Foundation, if you don't know uh, people in the audience, uh, that's based on uh, one of Isaac Asimov's um, series, and it's about uh, a fall of an empire. And the guy developing the show, David S. Goyer, he's done some really good stuff like Blade One, Blade Two. Uh, he's co-writer for the Christopher Nolan uh, tr Batman trilogy, but he's also done some bad things like Blade Three, uh, Batman versus Superman, and this is the most unforgettable one, Terminator: Dark Fate, which was oh. the last one that just came out. So I was reading an interview where he talked about needing to put in these modern. Uh, social justice stuff into the story and i got so angry because this guy apparently doesn't know or doesn't care that isaac asimov when he before he came up with the uh, foundation the original trilogy he had read a book called the uh, decline and fall of the roman empire and if you know anything about the roman empire numerous things contributed to its collapse but things like you know debasing the currency uh loose borders over expansion of the military things that kind of sound similar to things we're experiencing today because these things are timeless they're things that keep occurring in society after society after society there's no need to update that to the modern, you know, things like, uh, oh, we got to put in Black Lives Matter and climate change. Like there's a character in there who's from a planet that 
the people on this planet essentially don't believe in science and that the waters on this planet are rising and she's like the only one who believes in math and science and stuff and civilization ends up collapsing because they're so ignorant of science. Is her name Greta? Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you, Karen? But yeah. So yeah, it, it's 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 just it's so frustrating when things could be so much better. They, there's just so many things about human nature that we could put in there, things that we could all, you know, uh, um, we can all resonate with. But you know, it's universal. Have you seen yes. Raised by Wolves? Yes, I have. That's very good. I, I like really Raised like, by Wolves. You know why? Because Raised by Wolves is one of those where you're like, and this is how I know it's a good show, and this is what Star Trek used to be, and a lot of episodes why I liked it. Raised by Wolves, every episode you're like, wait, are those the bad guys? Wait, no, no. <laughs> are, are those the bad guys? Right. Because there's a, a lot of the, everyone's in flawed, but not flawed in a way where they've all been traumatizing in Star Trek, but it's like <laughs> their belief systems contradict other belief systems, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, that that guy has a point. But then you're like, oh, well, this other guy also has a point. For those who don't know, Raised by Wolves is, and I won't spoil anything, but this is just a quick concept is, you know, the, the world is ending and they go colonize other planets. And there's there's group there's 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 groups of people that, that believe in, in a higher power, that believe in God, and they build a spaceship. And there's a group of people that believe in science. Does that sound familiar? And that's their that's their God. And then the entire show is contradicting points of like, actually that seems to work better their way and though that seems to, when when the whole point at least for me is like you know both sides have good points both sides have back points but anytime you get to any of these extremes it's bad like it, it always mm-hmm. ends up right. overwhelming you know you and then you have wars and you have stuff like that and that's why and it's Ridley Scott that's another reason why it's so good mm-hmm. but I highly recommend Raised by Wolves it's it's on HBO and it's it's this kind of sci-fi I like you know yeah. Yeah, I love it, and I'm I'm really glad. I hope we see more science fiction like that because there's just there's science fiction just it, it doesn't appeal to the populace at large. Though fantasy does, but science fiction just it's not as big as I and and sounds like you Royce would like it to be. And so seeing a show that's not a remake of some other show and that's that exa- you took the original- out of my mouth man that's exactly what i was gonna say seeing an original show is a jarring thing now mm-hmm. yeah because did you know they're remaking battlestar galactica again no why because they're out of ideas no are they race- are they swapping the races back, the back? <laughs> they're all gonna be black trans <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do a couple of super chats. This is Channel Julio again. Thanks, sir. Said philosophical question. Could Picard share his experience with the ne- Nexus generation as a box of Soylent Green biscuits? <laughs> That'd be really good. It'll be, it'll, it should be called, like they would say by the bell, uh, uh, the next generation, the new class. <laughs> we'll bring Belding back. <laughs> Buford, T. Justice. Thank you, sir. Says Patrick Stewart is supposedly low IQ. William, William Shatner is supposed to be very intelligent. All of this destruction of beloved IPs is tantamount to cultural vandalism. And, and can, can I say something? Like we were talking earlier about how the Next Generation crew, you know, the actors, uh, Patrick Stewart in particular, but probably most of them don't really care about Star Trek. Like if it's just wow. a paycheck to them. But you can contrast that to the original series. Like, there's a lot more members, or were more members of the original series who actually gave a damn about Star Trek. And I, you know, I've 
been really critical of of George Takai, but I will give him credit that when the last Star Trek movie that came out, Star Trek Beyond, um, they made um, Sulu gay in it. Like, there's a scene where it, he's not even kissing, you know, anybody. He's just holding a hand because you know it's going to open up in China. Did open up in China, and they they you know can't show that. But uh, George Takai came out and criticized that because he was like, "Hey, I'm all for you know." putting gay characters in Star Trek, obviously, but his character Sulu was a straight man. He's a straight man. He has a daughter. That is his character. And George Takai was like, no, this is wrong. You're changing the character just for, you know, because that's the thing to do today. And so I'll always give him credit for that. He said dumb <laughs> stuff or everything else, but for that, I will give him credit. Well, what I you know, is, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I, I met him twice. I actually went to the gay games with, with him in Chicago. What? The gay games, it's like the gay Olympics. It's uh they yeah, I know. I know this is back when I was working in comedy. I was I was working with Margaret Cho and she was doing something at the gay games and we hung out with him. And then this yeah, I know, I know. And then and then later we had him on our woke gay comedy Olympics. show. <laughs> yeah. well, do they have to have to run do they have to do they have to run the the uh, the the one hundred meters in heels? Like how does that work? <laughs> You didn't have to say gay Olympics. You just had to say Olympics. Yeah, just Olympics. <laughs> you can't make these jokes. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one last one. Nicole Pratt. Nicole of the Mountain People is here. She says, I know Jack Squad about Star Trek. I'm just here because I'm forever Team Carrie XO. I love you, lady. Yeah, listening to these guys, I'm excited because even though I don't watch it, it's sort of like when I go um, watch a football game with friends who really like football. I don't have to be into football. I just feed off of their excitement. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to make you into a nerd, Carrie. Yeah. One of us. One of us. One <laughs> of us. Gobble. Do you guys have more things you want to talk about, or do we play the game now? Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Royce, I just wanted to get your idea of um, how, if you think it's possible, could they turn Star Trek around? What, do you have any ideas what they could do? Uh, there needs to be some sort of temporal occurrence mm -hmm. that wipes out all the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. just uh, that's easy. That's easy. Write that off, no problem. Temporal occurrence that writes off all the stuff, and you would need to get rid of Kirsten, but they just hired him for like five years or something, something ridiculous. Yeah. So you would have to get rid of him. You would have to get some writers that actually respect the IP. You know, not a diverse writers' room for diversity. <laughs> sake, you know, but one that respects the IP. Um, you, I, I, my, my, my thing is, is it? I think Star Trek works better episodically. Yes. Uh, the the long reach, the the overreaching story arcs for a show like Star Trek doesn't really play well to the point because, and I know the difference is, you know, back then every every season had like twenty three episodes, right? So you had the there's a lot of filler and whatever, but a, a lot of the times those bottle episodes were better than than high their high budget episodes, but. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it needs to be episodic. Not that there can't be an overreaching plot, right? Like there can be, but each episode has to have a plot where it's beginning, middle, and end. Here's what we learned. Um, I think that they need to stop making it diverse for diversity's sake. I think they need to get. I mean, I don't know, man. It's like this. If I feel like saying, like, I don't know, man. This car is totaled. How about this? Just make Orville canon and make that Star Trek. <laughs> Honestly, what Seth MacFarlane is, because I thought when, when Seth MacFarlane started doing Orville, I thought it was going to be Family Guy in space, and it is mm -hmm. not. Right. It's good. It's funny, but it's a, it's it's not. I wouldn't call it a comedy show. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a good Star Trek show, and 
and, and the things have weight in it and it, and it matters and every episode you know we're leading towards something but they're episodic and I don't know that that that's that's the only thing I could say but like make Seth MacFarlane in charge of Star Trek. <laughs> there you go that's my plot that's my maybe plan. hire because, some fans as writers yeah well they used yeah. to do that that's why Star Trek was so cool back in the day for the next generation uh, and and Discovery did this, and and all and not Discovery did this. Excuse me, DS Nine did this, and all of them did this. You used to be able to just submit scripts mm-hmm. to the next generation. You would submit a script, and sometimes they picked it up, and sometimes you became a writer for the show. Like it's that's how it used to be. It was like, look, I'm sure there was a lot of duds, but if you were somebody coming up trying to do writing, if you were a writer, and, and you're really trying to get into something, and and you you could send a script, and if your script was good enough, they would say, "Hey, come on board. Okay, let's let's write. Let's do your episode." Yeah. Um, and now it's just it's it's an inner, it's an inner circle, and everything's done by a little little group of five people, and five or ten, depending on what the budget calls for. <laughs> Assuming it's five now, uh, and and they sit there and 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 that's it. Look, this is what I saw on Twitter today. What's trending? We'll make that into Star Trek. you know uh ronald moore who uh as we talked about carrie he developed the new battlestar galactica and he was also a writer on next generation deep space nine and i have a man crush on him but he got his job on next generation by submitting a script i think he he, like his girlfriend at the time like somehow got him an in and he got that job but he grew up a huge star trek fan so in fact when he uh, and brandon braga were writing uh, Star Trek Generations, uh, he wrote the scene where Captain Kirk dies, and he talks about how he burst out crying writing that because Captain Kirk was his childhood hero. He meant so much to him. Like, do you think any of the right current writers cried when they killed off Picard? No. Or any of the character? No. no. I, don't I, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know. I, I honestly think they didn't cry. I think they were emotionally invested. I think they were just thinking, okay, what do I have to do next? The show for Bravo? Like, I, I, I think that that's the mentality. They don't care. You... you you could tell that they don't and this is sad right like this is a sad thing that i i think is the problem is i think one of the downfalls of, of all these remakes of everything not just star trek but everything is is like when you don't create something you will never have the love for it as somebody who created it mm-hmm. and therefore if you pass it down you know down generation to generation you're never you're never going to be the guy who was like hey this is my vision. This is my baby. This is what I think. When you remake it over and over again, then what you have is you have people like Foundation's a great example. It's like, what does Asanov know about science fiction? <laughs> we know better. Mm-hmm. And 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 if, if if you don't make something, why why do you care? It's not to get too political, but it's like if the government's giving you money, why would you work? Like who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? I'll do something. I, I don't care about it. You know, it's it's not mine to care about. It's the reason you treat your car better than a rent a car. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It's it's I, I as as I I, I want to get so upset at Kurtz, but, but then I have to get mad at the people who employed him. Yeah. I don't right. know what their names are, but. They they're the ones because not only did they hire him to begin with, they also re you know negotiated or kept him on when they extended his contract. So these people who are paid lots of money, money I should be getting. You and me, Royce, we should be getting this money to I, Star Trek would still suck because I don't know what I'm doing, but it'd be better than what we have on. Yeah, but currently. at least you, at least you know we care about it. And, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's like that's why I say you know Enterprise the back of the one got a lot of crap and like I'll take Enterprise all day. 
<laughs> all day over this I, in a heartbeat over whatever whatever this is and this is a great example and this is why it'll be on forever star trek discovery has an 86 percent critic review but only a 34 <laughs> percent audience review and that shows you everything as yep. long as you make the people that work in the newspaper happy it doesn't matter what you and i think at all and i don't think it ever will again yeah that's well, really what the saddest part is you know? I, I i i'm trying to hold out hope you know but they're the fans need to storm the writing room Whoa, whoa, we're yeah, taking over here. the writing room. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll, a little we'll January six, huh? We'll have the Star Trek insurrection. Even I got that. Even I yeah. got that. Okay. <laughs> okay, are we ready for trivia? Let's do it. Yes, and one, one last thing before trivia. One, okay. Just one last thing I wanted to say because you were talking about Picard quotes, and this I think best describes current Picard, which is. They could fix it if they wanted to. And this was one of my favorite Picard quotes was, it's possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not weakness. That is life. And that's that's what it is here. It's okay to admit what you did was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's okay to take a loss if, as long as you're going to try to fix it. But I think the biggest problem is nobody accepts blame anymore. No. Nobody wants to. They they would they would rather start a war in the Ukraine than admit that maybe their policies were wrong. As an example, you know, just pulling out of my hat. <laughs> anyway, no. sorry. Yes, I'm ready for trivia. I'm babbling a lot. Okay. No, this has been so much fun. I thank you again for hanging out with us for oh, us. I love it. I love it. So, you oh, guys are goodness. the the biggest truckies I know. We're gonna see which one of you is the the winner of Trekkie trivia. So it's gonna I've be, it's gonna be him. I think you know, <laughs> it's Voyager Enterprise. I'm not gonna. Oh, we don't know. Okay, yeah, we don't know. I pulled together the questions. So, um, first one, we're gonna start with you, Royce, because you're the guest. So, okay, let's see. C3PO is fluent in how many languages? Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to get a joke in there. That was very funny. I, I, damn, that was really good. Okay, okay. okay I was like, go. oh, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, real question. In Gene Roddenberry's original treatment for Star Trek, what was the name of the starship? Stargazer? No, Starship Yorktown. Ah, no. Did you know that one? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is for you, Mystery Chris. Who was the first actor to play a member of all three of the major alien races? In all Star three? Um, I want to say Mark Leonard, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Mark Leonard. Okay, cool. Okay, here's Spock's what we dad. should do. Yeah. You That's didn't you didn't know that first one anyway, but but what we'll do now is if the person I give it to doesn't know it, then the other person can steal it for two points. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. So now this one's for Royce. Let's see. What two stars of Star Trek Deep Space Nine were married in real life in 1997? Oh. <laughs> oh. I know. I know. Oh, you know it? Oh, let me mm. have to get it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I pass. I don't know if I'm ahead. No. <sighs> uh, that's you know? uh, Alexander Sadiq and Nana Visitor. Yes, that, you are uh, such a nerd. I know. <laughs> I'm getting these wrong on purpose to look. <laughs> okay, this is for you, Mr. Chris. What is Sulu's primary position in the USS Enterprise? Oh, uh, I want to say helmsman. That is correct. Oh, he got the easy one. Okay, fair uh, enough. <laughs> okay, 
This one's for you, Royce. Mm -hmm. Which Star Trek captain has an artificial heart? Oh, that's Picard. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. He got stabbed in it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Ronald Moore wrote that episode. Yeah, then he went back in time and and slept with his uh, college sweetheart. (laughs) Is it a robot heart? (laughs) It is a robot heart. And guess what? Now all of him's robots. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not. We're doing trivia. Go ahead. (laughs) This is for you, Mystery Chris. Captain Picard has an artificial heart because a member of what species stabbed him? Nausicans. Ah, that was good. Correct. Yeah, he was right. Donjot human. <laughs> this one is for you, Royce. Who was the first real astronaut to appear in any Star Trek episode? Uh, real a oh, real astronaut. Real astronaut. Buzz Aldrin. Nope. Do you know? Oh! This- Oh, uh, I think it was uh, Mae Jemison. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Royce, did you know that one? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Okay. Here's one for, oh, well, this is for you, Mr. Cook. No, it's, it's destroying me. Yeah. Uh, NBC rejected the pilot for Star Trek. What famous comedian got them to take another look? Lucille Ball. Ah. Oh. Correct. <laughs> this is, this is massacre. Stop it. <laughs> I'm already dead. <laughs> this one's for Royce. What is Deanna Choi's favorite food? Rocky Road ice cream. I know it. I'm right. Uh, I, I think you're it? sort of can right. It? It's, is it ice cream? I mean, it's can ice I cream. It? Uh, what, what do you say, Mr. Chris? Chocolate ice cream. No, uh, but she has Rocky Road. Or was it chocolate no. cake? Okay, well, maybe this it's is chocolate. wrong. This doesn't... I'm not going to... It's chocolate. It just says chocolate. It doesn't say ice cream. Yeah. And both well, I, I remember watching her eat lots of ice cream and watch Yeah, I remember she always used to go there when she was all, like, depressed because Riker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Okay, I Googled it just because I, I have to know. You have it was, to Google it. It was a triple, triple chocolate sundae. So I feel like I'm going to award that to you. Yeah, I think that, I think that you're right. Okay. Okay, boys. It's going to bother That's me. Good. You've got two now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Mystery Chris. What weapon did Kirk and Spock use when they fought for possession uh. of T-Pring during Spock's Ponfar ritual and Amok time? I actually don't know the name of the... I could draw it. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, oh, uh, um, um, um. Oh God, I uh, I don't know the name of the weapon. No, I could tell you that they made fun of it in Liar Liar. Not Liar, liar. <laughs> Cable Guy. Cable Guy, yeah, yeah. Medieval times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and still called, has a huge Star Trek. Huh? It's called a Lerpa. Oh. Oh. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> okay, this that one's right. For voice, who was originally cast as Captain Janeway? They even filmed an episode with her. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But I don't remember her name, but then she left because the work hours were too long. What was her name? I, I don't know, remember her name, so I'm going to have to say I don't know. You know? I don't remember her last name, but I think first name is like Genevieve. Something. It is Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve Bujold. I'm not going to award a point for that, though. 
Son of a. Well, you're already <laughs> a runaway horse anyway. Oh, you're making me feel better. I don't, need a, I don't need a participation trophy. Give me a trophy. Give me a Okay, I'll give it to him. There you are. I'll, I'll take my beating like a man. I grew up with siblings. This is how we would be like, well, you got to this. It's fine. I'm lucky enough that they got this ice cream one. Um, this is for you, Mr. Chris. Tiger, come here. Stop. Mr. Chris, which character serves as the head of security for the space station Deep Space Nine? Oh, that's easy. Odo. Odo. Correct. <laughs> yeah, but not every episode. <laughs> where somebody else came. I'm, I'm kidding. He's right, of course. Uh, this one's for you, Royce. Who created the Bajoran wormhole? Bajoran. Bajoran. Who created the Bajoran wormhole? Uh, Bajoran wormhole was created. It was the the person or the species. I. I... Uh, it's the. Sp- it looks like a species answer. Okay, uh, so I believe the wormhole was created by the. Uh, oh, what's the name of the creature? What are they called? Um, I look. I'm gonna guess here because I know I'm not right, but I'm gonna assume it was the Cardassians, but I'm wrong. <laughs> it's the. Oh wait. Oh, oh. Do you know, Mister Chris? The prophets. The prophets. That's Sorry. not the real name of the species, by the way. That's what they called them. <laughs> what is the name? Do they have a name? No, you're Are right. Are you going to look that up now? No. I'm <laughs> He's giving all the points. <laughs> okay. Two more questions. This one's for Royce. Yay. Oh. <laughs> no, come on. I'll take my feet. I, what time? I, will, I will die on my feet. <laughs> what type of weapons technology does a phaser use? What type of weapons technology? I feel like you're getting the harder questions. Yeah, honestly. what type of weapons technology does a phaser use? Like, what what's hold on a second because I'm trying to specifically. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't understand the question. Phaser would use phaser technology with, like, a what's in, it's not like a Kyber crystal like Star Wars. Like, I don't know. It, I give. It, I don't know. I think this is a crap question. We're taking it out. I'm going to yeah, give you a different question. That it was said, a weird one. Particle beam weapons? That's what it is. No, but that's, uh, that's not fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're taking but that up. Like what made it work? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> In which Star Trek series, Royce, mm-hmm. did writer Larry Niven introduce the cat like alien race, the Kensi, into the Star mm-hmm. Trek universe? The cat like Who is the writer? Larry Niven. Larry Niven, cat like alien race. I want to say it was the original series. Star Trek, the animated series. Yeah, I was going to say animated. Oh, but that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mr. No, yeah, I know. But technically, the animated series was... Forget it. I, I just remember the animated series. They had a creature that was like a giant bird. And oh, yeah. like, I was like, where are those creatures in the live action? One? Bring those back. The Klingons didn't have anything on their heads in the live action. <laughs> it's makeup. Is the but, animated series where they had the gay rave? No, no. The animated no, no, no. series is, is it was ba- it it came it was based off of the original series. It was the same crew, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well written. It was a kids show, but yeah. they they still wrote it as if it was like a regular episode. Mm-hmm. 
compare that to lower decks now it's just and it had that garbage. like weird johnny quest kind of animation yeah <laughs> cheap animation yeah it's very cheap okay this is for you mr chris mm -hmm. what species known to the borg as species 329 were deemed unworthy of assimilation Ooh, um hmm, that's a good one this is a Voyager one, Royce. Let me, let me uh, give it a Royce. I believe. Well, was was it a Voyager one? I want to say. Yes, yeah, Voyager was very, Pretty. was very Borg heavy. Yeah. Hmm. Do you guys give up? I mean, oh, who's who? Is it my turn? Wait, did yeah, you? Well, go ahead, I don't know. Mr. Chris is uh, turning his I want to say the Kazon. Yeah. Oh, Yay! nice. Nice. The Kazon was Kazon was Voyager. Yeah, yeah. The Kazon. Yeah. 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 Because they, they had to write themselves out of a little plot hole there. Yeah, and clean ons of the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. I love the Delta Quadrant so much. <laughs> I actually have two more because there's a there's okay. a fun That's one in fine. here. I think. Let's see. This is for you, Rice. Mm. In the mirror universe. What has replaced the United Federation of Planets? Uh, the I'm not going to say the Confederacy of Planets because that's a new Picard bullshit. That's what's in my head. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I got this. Give me a second. It's the, oh, it's not the United Federation of Planets. It's the Oh my god, it's an Enterprise 2 in the mirror. There's entire seasons in the mirror universe. Um mm -hmm. I give up. Can I say it? Can you I know it? it? Uh Terran Empire. Correct, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the Terran Empires of Enterprise were the only ones with a good show with song intro because they didn't have to play Faith to the Heart. Yes, that was a great intro. Yes. I love that. <laughs> okay, last question now from mm -hmm. Mystery Chris. Data had a cat. What was his name? So ah! easy. <clears throat> uh, spot. Spot. Correct. Do you do, do you know do you know the poem? Do you know Spot's poem? No. <laughs> ah, hold on. That, that was Data. Spot. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. I don't care. I'm gonna read it. I know we can't play it because they'll, they'll copyright it, but I could I could read it. An ode to Spot. Okay. <laughs> Felicius Catus is your taxonomic nor uh, nomenclature, an enthrothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual <laughs> olfactory and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that, obvi uh, that obviates your basic hedonistic uh, predication for the rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstration to demonstrate <laughs> affection. I'm not going to keep going on the whole thing, but I know, but I love it. But that's attention to detail. Like whoever yep. wrote that loved writing that for him, you know? Yep. Like and, and, and it's, it, it, it's on character for data. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a robot that's trying to be human. Mm -hmm. By the way, oh. I do see you in the chat correcting my pronunciation of data. I know who data is. I just <laughs> I know that much. I said it wrong. Yeah. Data, baby. Uh, data is the best. 
<laughs> Not so much the fact that now in, in Picard, Chris, apparently everybody in Sonan's family looks like him. I know. <laughs> it's a lot it's, of inbreeding. Because he used the same actor. The, yeah. Brent Spiner. So mm. then now Data's great-grandfather, <laughs> that Data, Sonan, the guy who created Data, looks like Data. And then his father looks like Data, and his great grandfather, and then his great grandfather, and then an Enterprise is great great grandfather, and then his great great grandfather, because they can't write themselves out of a paperback. <laughs> You're like, yeah, what a coincidence! Oh, wow, the family must have inbred, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone looks the same. I don't look like my grandfather. I mean, I look kind of like him, but he doesn't look exactly like me. <sighs> Sorry, I don't mean to be angry. It's just so sad. It it is. It's it's uh, it's. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it was very nice to vent. It felt good. Yeah, it does. It does good. I really enjoyed hearing you guys vent. It made me laugh. This was yeah. a really fun show. I appreciate I you coming blast. on. I, I had a blast. This is great. Question, Carrie. Uh, there are a couple of videos I want to show. Um, yeah. The, the someone. It's a clip, or uh, someone edited a clip of. TNG. Do you think we'd be okay? We showed. It's like a minute long. They edited. It. If not, it's no big deal. If you, you know. I don't know because we just got that strike. Right. right, right. I wouldn't play any TNG yeah. just to okay. be safe. Yeah. All right. Cool. They're yeah. bad. But, but this is true, and Cole posted it in there, and this is a real fun fact. It's actually true. Jerry Ryan, who played Seven of Nine, is responsible for Obama becoming president. Okay, what? and this is true. This is a hundred percent true. And I've read this, so I know this is true. It's. Uh, Jerry Ryan, who played Seven of Nine in, in Voyager, was married to a Republican senator candidate, Jack Ryan, in the early 2000s. He was running against Obama for senator. His 2004 campaign got widespread media attention due to an unsealed custody documents from their divorce, full-on weird sexual allegations from Jerry Ryan. Jack Ryan withdrew from his campaign, and Obama won the Senate seat, which, of course, led him to become president. Star Trek wow. is the reason Obama became president. What? <laughs> I'm yep. so glad you you brought that up because I saw that and the that Cole sent us that it's and I was legit. like I don't understand because I didn't know who these people were. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. It's yep. like when a butterfly flaps its wings. I saw that terrible Ashton Kutcher movie. <laughs> butterfly effect. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember yeah. that movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, now my fat friend's okay because of my butterfly effect. <laughs> 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 just stop, Kutcher, just stop. That should be the tagline of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Butterfly effect. <laughs> this, this was fun. I'm sorry. I don't know how long a show's supposed to normally yeah, We just hang out for whenever. Yeah. Um, I think we've reached a good any point. Yeah. And uh, Royce, you are welcome anytime to come hang out with us. We usually do topic-specific stuff. Also, I'd love to interview you sometime. Hell yeah! I'm always I'm always yeah. down. You're always welcome on our show too, both of y'all. Awesome. So well, thank you. Cool. Thanks for being here, Royce. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I had a blast. It's awesome. Thank I always have guys. so much pent up Star Trek stuff. I'm trying to tell people at work, they just look with blank stare at me. Like, it was a good release. It was a good release. It was. It felt good. Oh, felt good. tell us. Okay, right before we go, do you have another quick minute, Royce? Yeah, tell us what happened at your work. Oh me? You're gonna tell us. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I was I went on a business trip last week and. As we were on a plane, this was in in Dallas, they said, oh, it's going to be about seven minutes till we take off. I was like, okay, cool. So as we're sitting there, suddenly everything cuts off. The electricity, the lights, the air conditioning, everything. So we're just sitting there in the dark for like 10 minutes. They're not saying anything to us. And so I'm thinking like, should I get off the plane? <laughs> and so they come and they say, hey, we're going to uh, deboard the plane. And I was like, okay, cool. 
And they're like, we're, we're, we're fixing the plane. And I'm thinking, okay, even if you quote unquote fix this plane, I'm not getting back on that damn plane. And so they end up giving us a new plane and we made it to our destination all right. But it did nothing to soothe my anxiety of like flying. You know, as I've gotten older, I've become more anxious about flying. So I, I don't know what happened because that's always my fear of just being in the air. So everything. Oh, uh, I didn't know you were afraid of flying. I don't say afraid. I just, I, I don't. I, you know, I yeah, do, I get it. I don't, I don't, hey, at least your flight didn't get canceled. And you had to drive 17 hours to Texas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Jeez. Rice and I both, you were on spirit, right? Yeah, because I, yes. I was I was seeing you tweeting, and I'm like, okay, so it's not just me. I thought it was just me, but then then you and then a few of my other friends were like, my flight was canceled. Spirit, my flight was canceled. Spirit, my flight was canceled. I'm like, wow, that must be a problem. And then a lot of people are like, oh, why do you take spirit? I'm like, I don't think you understand. There's not as many planes flying anymore. If you want to get to certain places, it's spirit or frontier, and that's it. Like you pick your poison and then they canceled it. So then I had to be some, I had to be, I was in Orlando, Florida and I had to be in Dallas, Texas by the next day. So I had to rent a car and drive 17 hours. Yeah. Sucks. It's the, yeah, I got stuck in Newark overnight and you know, they were sorry. (laughs) Well, uh, I stayed with a new friend I'd made that weekend. It was great. It was actually ended up being really fun. But uh, but yeah, they were lying to us, outright lying. Yeah. They they were telling us it was the weather, but they yep. had canceled. We were in a, I was in a two and a half hour line, and and there were people around me going to. I was going to Texas. There were people going to Vegas, um, Atlanta. But then there were still there was no weather outside. But they said it was weather. But then they had another line with people who were taking flights, and it's like, well, then why isn't the weather grounding them? Like it, the weather. I, they just didn't want to pay to put people up in hotels, so they said, "Act of God." Yep. The weather—it's it, the worst. Oh, if they do it, they do it all the time. They always say the weather, and I was like, "It's not." Look, first time they go, "Oh, it's the weather. We can't." And then I drove from Florida to Texas, and we got no raindrops. There's no weather. <laughs> it, it, it was it, the problem is, is that there's a there's a they don't report this because it doesn't count as people leaving because of the vax mandate. But because of the vax mandate, a lot of pilots have chosen to early retire, and that does that doesn't count like they're quitting. So they have no pilots and they did it to themselves, right? Nobody wants to work. And a lot of pilots that were like, oh yeah, you have to give action. Like, oh, forget it. I'll retire and become a private plane pilot. They don't They don't make me do anything. I do whatever I want. So that, that's the reason all the flights are not. It was not the weather. Right. I'll fly Lizzo around. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Operation Dumbo drop. <laughs> when a butterfly flaps its wings, there's a, there's a I, I don't want to see her flap anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thank you guys in chat for hanging out with us. We're going to wrap it up now. I'm going to roll this video. Uh, if it's your first time here, this is a new channel. If the algorithm brought you here, so make sure you hit like and subscribe and do all those things. And I'll see you later. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of fun. Bye, guys. Yeah. Bye.